Hello and welcome to the Fuel and Thrive podcast. I'm Meg, also known as Fit Foodie Feed on Instagram, and I'll be bringing you weekly discussions about all things health and fitness. My goal is to equip you with the knowledge and the confidence to make empowered decisions so that you can achieve the results that you've always wanted whilst living a happy life. So without further ado, here is today's episode. Another Q&A today. Um, I've actually got a few questions today, which I'm looking forward to answering. So uh, I'm just going to run through what the questions are going to be, um, and then I'll jump right in and start answering them. So first one is, uh, it's a lot about macronutrients. Um, so first question is about having your daily protein, carbs, and fats goals. Um, what role do each of these play throughout the day, i.e. how do the fats benefit me? So I'll talk a little bit just about dietary fats, the different types of fats that you can have um and what is quote unquote good and bad and whether we need to be absolutely terrified of fat or whether we don't so i'll address that in a moment um and then just the benefits of it because they are very important um second question is about hitting your protein goal um so um yeah kate said she's fine hitting a protein goal when eating a lot of meat but on days where you try to go meat free or um just re- reduce meat intake it's a little bit more difficult um especially if you don't want to use protein powders and things like that so i'll just talk about some protein sources um there's a bit of information that i'll talk about that you might not be aware of yet about incomplete and complete sources of protein um so i'll talk about that and then just a few high protein snack ideas um and then i'm going to talk about um case asked how do you know how much weight to add to a set if it felt relatively okay is it best to up the weights or just add more reps and then question four is about saving the exercise just the question about um the exercises in the app and question five is about stretching and rolling after workouts so i'll go through those um and yeah let's get started so first question i'm looking over here because my laptop is to the left of me which is where the questions are and i've made a few notes as well because otherwise my brain goes you um so first question we have our daily protein carbs and fat goals what role do each of these play throughout the day i.e how do fats benefit me so first of all just first thing that i want to say is that the the goals on your app um i've set your protein goal as a separate individual goal based on you and how much i think you should be aiming for based on the your calorie intake for the day and based on your needs and the amount that you're training so that's kind of individualized because the goals on the app i have to select between um, a range of options basically but all of the options on the trainerized app are quite high in protein um so that's why i've set you a slightly lower individual target as well um now carbs and fats are not i'd rather you just focus on calories and protein to begin with once you've got that nailed then you can focus a little bit more on carbs and fats and kind of play around with them and see what benefits you best because some people will thrive off a really high fat diet and will really enjoy lots of fats. Desi, I know you you are a high fat girl um, and some people will just prefer carbs. Like personally, I'm a big carby girl. You might be able to tell from my Instagram feed. I'm wrapped and pasta all day, every day. But um, no, it's personal preference a lot of the time, but there are fats are essential there are essential fats so you do need to be aiming for a minimum kind of threshold of fats which i'll come on to um and i want you to be aiming for the minimum amount of protein as well because that is going to benefit you for lots of reasons but (coughs) oh excuse me i've still got this annoying tickly cough um but the goals on the app just take with a little pinch of salt because um they're not they're not the be all and end all and it is much more important that you're hitting your overall calorie goal um and yeah, I'd rather you not like stressing over it to the point where it's detrimental to your progress. I'd rather you just kind of like see them as rough guides and targets to aim for. Um, so with um, fats, how do they benefit you? So 
fats, there are lots of different types of fats. They get a good rep sometimes, they get a bad rep. So there's lots of, um, lots of talk about it. Obviously, in the past, there's been all sorts of like low fat diets. And then there's been like the glorifying of high fat with diets like the keto diet, which is basically no carbohydrates. Um, and you know, people that one thing to give to these people that do these keto diets is that carbs aren't essential. They are your body's preferred source of energy, but they're not essential um, like fats and proteins are. Um, so it is important to be making sure you are getting enough fat and protein. Um, so there is obviously saturated fat and unsaturated fat, which I'm sure you've heard of. I'll talk a little bit more about them in a moment. Um, and there are trans fats as well. Now, trans fats are, they're the, one, the, they're the ones that are probably demonized the most and rightfully so. You know, they are the ones that are preserving the shelf life of foods, um, it's typically what you'll find in your convenience foods. So if you're going to avoid anything, that is what you want to be avoiding. But as with anything, it is, it's everything in moderation, you know, and I'd rather that you are opting for convenience and, you know, processed foods from time to time. If it's making your life easier, it's making you less stressed and it's keeping you happy, you know. So it's about finding the right balance between going for what is going to be optimal health in terms of looking after your body and how your body is working. Um, but then also what is going to be optimal for overall health and well-being and just enjoying your life. So it's about finding that right balance. Um, and I've spoke about that before on another podcast or um video on here. So you can kind of scroll back and, and find that if you want to listen to it a little bit more. But generally, you know, your processed food, your heavily processed foods that are kind of packaged up and your fried foods, takeaways, things like that are going to be quite high in trans fats, which is um that's the thing that's kind of raising the the quote-unquote bad cholesterol um so cholesterol isn't all bad there's hdl and ldl um and you know you've got to you've got to kind of moderate moderate is that the word monitor your intake of it that's what i was going to say um because cholesterol isn't all bad and having a high cholesterol isn't necessarily bad but it depends what type it is but basically trans fats kind of raise the wrong type of cholesterol, I'm going to say. I'm trying not to like label anything as good, bad, right, wrong, because as I've said, it's all about balance and that kind of thing. But um, just to give the facts, you know, and you can take take what you will from it. <laughs> um, so yes, saturated fats um, are often given a bit of a bad rap as well, but they're not necessarily bad. That is your meat, dairy, coconut, um, basically animal products. Um, so that's where you get your saturated fats from, which are not bad. It is fine to be consuming those. Um, monounsaturated fats and polyunsaturated fats are the two types of unsaturated fats. Um, now, un unsaturated fats are seen as being the good fats. Um, so uh, monounsaturated means that there's one double bond. Polyunsaturated means that there's more than one double bond. Um, and these part of your polyunsaturated fats is your omega-6 and omega-3. Um, now, we get a very high amount of omega-6 from the Western diet, but omega-3s we have to make a bit more of a conscious effort with, and that comes from things like nuts, oils, uh, oily fish. Um, so if you're not somebody that eats much salmon or other oily fish, it is probably a good idea to take an omega-3 supplement um, because your body doesn't naturally make omega-6 or 3, um, so you have to get it from your food. So if you don't have much omega-3, you can get vegetarian version, you know, you can get, it is suitable for vegetarians to be having omega-3 capsules. Maybe just check them because we're not 100% sure about all of them. Um, but yeah, so omega-6 and 3 is important. They're kind of, um, 
they support a lot of the benefits that I'll speak about in a moment. Um, there's also like nuts, seeds, oils, avocado. They're all your unsaturated fats, um, which are really good for you. And there's lots of pros to consuming them. Um, I'll talk about these, the benefits in a second. But um, yeah, just, just to reiterate, like saturated fats are not scary. You don't need to avoid them. Um, obviously, <clears throat> with trying to limit calories if that is your goal you know if your goal is to be in a deficit it is an easy option to be swapping for low-fat versions of foods which is fine um I think it's just worth being conscious of it's just worth being conscious of getting enough fats in your diet and making sure that you're getting a nice variety you know you are getting some nuts seeds oils um and things like that that are going to benefit you um so the benefits of fats I'm just going to have a drink of my water is first of all vitamin absorption um, which is a big one. It helps your body to absorb the fat-soluble vitamins, which is A, vitamin A, D, E, and K. Um, so they, you know, they're going to support lots and lots of body functions. Um, it's also good for your nerve health. So it kind of forms, uh, it protects your, I don't even know how to pronounce this. I think it's myelin sheath. Um, it's like a fatty material that surrounds your nerves and obviously your nerves are important for transmitting uh, transferring like signals and stuff around your body um it also helps with like hormone regulation indirect indirectly so um you will hear when when people suffer with amenorrhea which is the loss of a period it will often be um one of the kind of like key requirements of getting it back is first of all, to be eating enough foods, but also to be having enough of your quote unquote healthy fats. Okay. Um, so yeah, really important for hormone regulation. Um, and it is great for your brain. If there's any other, if there's no other reason to eat fats, it is good for brain power. Um, so it improves like your memory and it can help with like mood and just like decision-making and behavior and stuff like that. So that is mainly your omega three and six. So like I said, most people in the UK just from our, our diets in general will get enough omega-6. So it's the omega-3 that you probably want to be most conscious of. But it is down to personal preference. And that's just, that's my kind of situation because I'm not a huge fish lover. Um, I don't eat loads of fish. If you eat lots of salmon, you're probably okay and you don't need to supplement. But if you don't, um, which I should really get an omega-3 supplement. I've had it in the past and I'm not doing it at the moment, but it, it does help, you know, it's going to help me. It's going to help this brain keep ticking. So, um, yeah, I think it's quite important to do that if you don't already. And then it's also just, just low, it's, it's beneficial for loads of things. It helps support like your white blood cells, which obviously fights infection. It helps like bone health, it helps your skin and your hair as well. So, um, it is really, really important. Um, so, it's worth being conscious of that. Um, so hopefully that answers your question, Jess. Um, question two, uh, I'm fine hitting the protein when eating a lot of meat. Any tips or foods to consume when having meat-free days without using whey, proud, whey powders ETC? I've rephrased the question in such a silly way. <laughs> Kate asked it in quite a coherent way and I've just typed it out like, blah, 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 blah. okay. Um, and then Desi has also said, struggling to hit daily protein goal. What can I do to help hit the intake? Any high protein snack ideas? So I'll cover all of that now. So first thing to say is just that with tracking your food, the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. Simple, like with anything, you the more you're kind of like looking at nutritional labels, you'll probably find certain foods, probably one a day if you're tracking consistently and you're quite new to it. And you'll think, oh, that's quite high in protein for the amount of calories. You know, you'll kind of notice things and, and think, oh, that's something that's going to help me work towards my protein goal. So the more like switched on you are to it, the more it's going to be 
easy to be incorporating it within your diet. So if you're not perfect now, don't stress it. It doesn't matter. Like as long as you're trying and you're getting better each day, then that's progress and that is great. So like, yeah, as long, and I, I say this to people with like step goals and things like that. Like if you're not hitting your allocated 9,000 steps per day or whatever it is that I've given you, um, but you're doing 2,000 on average per, per day more than you used to do, that's great. That's a, a, a what's it called? Progress in the right direction. So, um, I mean, surely progress is always in the right direction. What are you on about, Meg? Um, right. <laughs> okay. So yeah, again, with, with, um, tracking, it will kind of get better with experience. Um, so I think I've covered the benefits of protein in other videos, podcasts, whatever. So I'll just talk a little bit about oh gosh, about complete and incomplete proteins, which is a bit of a minefield. So if you don't get your head around it straight away, maybe go away and like read about it a little bit. There's lo loads of information out there um, or just watch this a couple of times and it will hopefully help to stick in your brain. One other thing I might do, um, I've got from my nutrition course and just from like books, um, this book, where is it now? This book, um, the Food Medic book, she is on Instagram and she... Um, is a doctor and nutritionist and she posts lots of useful info so I basically read her book and like have been through and made notes on a google document um so I might just kind of transfer that over to make a pdf about macros um protein carbs and fats so if you if you're interested in that just let me know beneath beneath the video um and I'll put together a bit of a information resource for you on the group um and yeah, just add it to the file section of the Facebook group. Um, so yeah, let me know if you think that would be useful. But basically, so complete and incomplete protein sources. Um, proteins are Protein is made up of amino acids. So there are 22 amino acids, but there are nine essential ones. So different protein sources, whatever it is that you're getting your protein from, is made up of chains of amino acids. Now, some of them will be really, really long chains and there will be a complete amino acid profile. Some of them will only have some of the amino acids. So for example, lysine is one of the um, essential amino acids and some foods will contain that and some won't. Um, so complete sources of protein that are pretty much the easy ones, the obvious sources of protein which is your animal-based products so that is that includes your eggs and dairy so yogurt and everything like that um milk uh and obviously meat and fish um so they are complete sources of protein they are probably the easiest way to get protein in if you do eat meat now obviously vegetarianism and veganism is becoming more and more popular and for good reason you know good for the planet all that kind of stuff um but some other plant-based sources of complete protein so they contain the nine essential amino acids is quinoa quinoa is one buckwheat um and hemp and chia seeds and then um soy as well which tofu tempeh and edamame all kind of comes from that as well and that includes things like corn and other meat substitutes um will often be a complete source of protein too so um if you are kind of buying meat replacement, meat substitute products, it's probably worth checking, but generally they will be a complete source of protein. They will contain the nine essential amino acids. Um, now, other things are incomplete sources of protein. So they don't contain the full the full amino acid profile. They don't have the nine essential amino acids. Um, but what is great is you can combine them together to form a full amino acid profile. Um, so this examples of these are like grains, legumes, so like peas, beans, lentils, um, and nuts and seeds and veg. 
So lots of people will say like, oh, peanut butter is really high in protein, but it's not a complete source of protein. So just spooning it from the tub probably isn't gonna um, isn't going to suffice for being a full um, amino acid profile. Um, and and a full amino acid profile is what is complete protein is what is needed for muscle protein synthesis to be happening, which is obviously where you get all the benefits of protein from, which I've covered before. Um, but yeah, so you can combine these things like combining legumes with grains and veg. So like um, maybe like a lentil curry with some rice and some veg on the side is perfect. That's going to be a full amino acid profile and it's going to give you a decent like 20, 30 grams of protein. Um, yeah, you can also have like a peanut butter on some like granary bread, obviously like the seeds in granary bread. Um, and that is going to kind of give you some of the other amino acids that peanut butter doesn't provide. Um, so yes, it is quite easy to combine them, um, but it might just take a little bit of getting your head around, a little bit of trial and error. I mean, by error, I don't mean anything terrible is going to happen if you don't get a complete profile. Um, but yeah, just doing a bit of Googling around it is useful because if you are plant-based or striving to be more plant-based or even just vegetarian, it's worth being aware of that and just kind of having it in the back of your mind when you are um, making food choices. Um, now, protein powders, um, I know you said, I know Katie said, um, not necessarily trying not to have them and you said you would have it if if needed, but um, totally fair enough if you feel like you'd rather not have it. Obviously, it is not um, going to be as satiating as eating a full uh, item of food, <laughs> item of food, uh, yeah, drinking a drink probably won't be as, won't feel like you're eating as much as if you were to just eat some food, um, but they might be needed, realistically, if you're trying to hit a protein goal, it might be that you do struggle to hit it without having protein powders, in which case they're really useful, <clears throat> not essential, of course, and if you don't hit your protein powder, no one's going to come knocking at your door to tell you off, I will just be frowning from the other side of the computer screen. <laughs> um, no, so, uh, but whey, whey protein, pea and soy protein, they are all complete sources of protein. So um, it might be worth, if you are ordering any plant-based protein um, powders or anything online, just checking that they are a complete profile because that is, um, it's just going to help you out. It's just going to make things easier. Um, so yeah, you don't have to be having protein powders, but it can be really useful. And there's no, aside from the cost, um, which isn't too high you know especially if you're getting discounts with like my protein or bulk powders or anything like that um I've got a discount code for my protein it is it, it's pretty cheap it's a pretty affordable you know for the amount of kind of servings you get with it and what you can add it to and how much you can consume like and get from it it's pretty cheap and um yeah it, it's really useful so um aside from the cost and I guess the fact that it is somewhat processed um, it's, it's not a bad thing to have, you know, um, and I think Rachel's asked before whether you should be having, limiting the amount you're consuming per day, and I'd say, like, two is fine, um, probably any more than two, you probably should look at your diet and try to get protein sources in elsewhere, but I think one or two per day, um, scoops, servings of 20 to 30 grams is, um, is fine, uh, especially, especially one, you know, one serving of 20 to 30 grams is probably going to be really helpful for you. <coughs> Oh, excuse me. Um, okay. God, this is going to be annoying for people listening, isn't it? Apologies. Um, so high protein snacks. I'll cover ones that are kind of plant-based, suitable for anybody first. Um, anybody without um, allergies, 
obviously. Um, so plant-based sauces, you could have um, hummus or any sort of like nut butter with some seedy crackers or seedy bread. Um, oats with protein powder or the banana cookies that I make are a dream. I love them and I make them every week, multiple batches. Um, they, they are pretty much, they're pretty much just protein porridge in portable cookie form. You know, it's just, um, if you need the recipe, let me know. It is basically banana, protein powder, oats, cocoa powder, and a few chocolate chips because I need a few chocolate chips in my cookies. Um, but that's, yeah, they're, they're so easy to carry around and they're a great pre-workout snack. They're a great bit of protein in there bit of sneaky fruit in there as well um you could also have like roasted chickpeas or chickpeas are a good source of protein so um roasting them in the oven drizzle them in some oil or a bit of fry like spray or something like that season with a bit of paprika salt pepper whatever it is that you want um and roast i can't remember how long you roast them for but roast them in the oven google it there'll be plenty of recipes um and they're just like a crunchy snack you know kind of like those I can't remember what they're called maybe like raw, raw foods like packets that you can get from the shops i can't remember um but like yeah packets of crunchy things <laughs> and um they're pretty tasty as well they're, they are a nice nice flavor um edamame seeds as well they're a good source of protein um protein bars and shakes obviously are nice and convenient as well um now for like veggie so animal products but not meat um yogurts yogurts are a good one there's so many nice protein puddings and mousses and all sorts if you just go to aldi get yourself to aldi and get some of the protein mousse um the protein chocolate mousse is really nice it tastes like normal chocolate mousse and especially if you're in a deficit and you're trying to limit if you've got a sweet tooth it will satisfy it it's like so sickly it's delicious <laughs> um, and the protein puddings are great not for not for everybody's taste you know they're a bit of a funny texture but um generally protein puddings yogurts are a good shout they're a good um nice convenient but tasty kind of sauce um baby bells are great a lighter baby bell has I've said this before, something like seven grams of protein. It's about 50 calories, which is good. Um, eggs, I don't know if you're an egg lover or not, but um, just like bo hard boiling some eggs and just having those as a snack is 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 good. You know, you've got some healthy fats and protein in there as well. Eggs are another good source of fats that I didn't mention. Um, I used to make corn chicken pieces, um, cook them in like just a little bit of like passata with a bit of salt and pepper. And I used to just have that as a snack every day after after work. Um, and that is, yeah, obviously takes a little bit more preparation than convenience food. But um, yeah, good protein snack. Um, there's also things like energy bites and flapjacks that you can bake yourself where you can kind of have um, lots of different nuts, seeds, nut butters, um, oats, things like that kind of combined in one um bite, bar, whatever you want to call it. Um, cottage cheese is a good one if you if you don't mind the taste of it i know it's a bit of a love or hate type thing um you could have like peanut butter or almond butter or any sort of nut butter on um rice cakes or corn cakes or a bagel um i always like to go for the sesame bagel just for a little bit of extra fiber and protein um and you can also like home make your own granola um animal sauces things like tuna on crackers or, or on rice cakes again or even just like slices of ham on rice cakes um I oh, sounds a bit weird. I quite like rice cakes or corn cakes with uh, some smashed avocado and some ham. It's a, a nice little snack. Um, pudding. I love. I love a protein pudding. So um, I don't mean the protein pudding pots that you can get from Aldi. I mean like a mug cake. So mixing 
20 grams of protein powder with some baking powder and a splash of milk and mixing it, microwaving it for about 40 seconds, but checking on it, checking on it because it can rise really quickly. Having that with some yogurt or low calorie ice cream is a really nice um, kind of like pudding that is very high in protein. Um, and then like, yeah, I think I've covered everything actually. High protein ice cream is um, obviously not the most nutritious foods you can be eating, but it is, it tastes good. And it's, it's just a way of like, sneaking in that little bit of extra protein to help you hit hit your goal you know um right question three i've been waffling haven't i what time is it okay 28 minutes in how do you know how much weight to add if a set felt relatively okay is it best to up the weights or just add more reps so don't exceed the prescribed rep range unless well there's a couple of exceptions generally if i set the rep range as eight to ten if you can complete all of your sets, so say you've got three sets, if you can complete three sets at the top of the rep range, so at 10 reps, then you definitely need to up the weight, okay? It shouldn't be feeling relatively okay. It should be hard. Um, yeah, you should be pushing yourself. If you feel like you could add up the weight, up the weight, like definitely go for it. You shouldn't be kind of finishing your last set of shoulder press like this. You should not be putting it down like that. You should, your last rep should be a, okay, it should be taking you a good few seconds to get the last weights up. That's how hard you should be pushing in all of your exercises. Um, the exception for exceeding the rep range would be if it's really hard to go to the next weight without having like an in-between weight. So for example, in lateral raises where you're kind of um, holding a dumbbell in each hand and raising them out to the side, often four kilograms might be a suitable amount, but the next jump up, if your gym for, it, for whatever reason doesn't have five kilogram dumbbells, the next jump up might be six kilograms and that might just be a little bit too heavy. So in that instance, say the rep range is 12 to 15 and you're comfortably complete, completing three sets of 15 with four kilograms, it might be that you up it slightly. So you might do a set of 17, a set of 16 and a set of 18, for example. Um, but there, you know, we're in that kind of situation, what you can do is swap instead of using a dumbbell, swap and use a plate. Um, there probably will be ways to improve without upping the weight. Um, you can also just kind of slow the eccentric part of the rep down so that on the way down, you can go a little bit slower. Um, might just be worth making a note in the app if you do kind of make it more challenging for yourself in a way like that. Um, but yeah, I would just say generally, if it's feeling okay, up the weight, uh, unless you're not hitting the top of the rep range, in which case, aim to work towards the top of the rep range. And once that's comfortable, then up the weight. Um, so yeah, you wanna be training as hard as you can. What is that question? Um, question four, is there a way to save an exercise that you've put in as a substitute on the app so that the new move shows each time you pick that workout? Good question. Um, obviously that is just relevant for people doing the, on the academy. Um, I would just say message me and let me know which exercise you've swapped. Um, if there's a reason why you've swapped it, let me know um, whether it's due to equipment or injury or, or whatever it is, what, for whatever reason you've swapped it, let me know what you've swapped and I can swap it on the app for you. I don't think there's a way of you swapping it. I think I have to make the edits unless you just edit it within each workout each time, but it's better if it's just there for you, isn't it? Um, so let me know and I can swap that for you. Um, and final question, how important is stretching and rolling out after a workout? Um, 
very important, but not many people do it. <laughs> um, I am guilty of not always doing a stretch. Um, I do try and stretch most evenings, but it is a good idea to do it straight from your workout. It helps with just pulling yourself down. It helps to reduce the DOMS. It is going to make you less sore. Generally, you probably won't be sore after workouts with, unless it's the first week on your program if it's the first kind of session of a new program then you will be sore because it's a new stimulus on your body if um if you've been doing it for a while and you're getting cons you're getting sore a lot then it's probably some sort of problem with your recovery in which case stretching will help water will help food will help protein will help sleep will help you know all of those things will help um but yeah stre stretching is helpful it helps to reduce the lactic acid um, accumulation in your muscles so it's going to yeah it's just going to make you feel less sore it's going to make your legs or wherever it is that's that's kind of sore um it's going to make them feel less heavy um it's also obviously great for improving flexibility and mobility which is going to help you in your subsequent sessions because the more you're working on your mobility and flexibility the more you're going to be able to be hitting um the correct range of motion for exercises um so say for a squat if you struggle to keep your heels on the floor in a squat but you then do some regular like ankle stretches foam rolling your calves, things like that, it's going to help your squat get better. So, <coughs> oh, sorry again. So yeah, it's also going to decrease your risk of injury. So it is important to be cooling down and having a little stretch, a little bit of a little bit of mobility work in your program. Um, so yeah, I would just say, even if it's literally just three minutes stretching off at the end of a workout, it is really important. And I would verge on saying, cut your workout short to make sure you get a stretching that's how important it is um and when I say cut your workout short I mean like your biceps and triceps superset at the end of your workout maybe do two sets in three instead of three sets if you need that three minutes you know if you're rushing off to work after your gym session or you know if you're short on time maybe or maybe superset some of your exercises to get them back to back because it is really important to prioritize a stretch um obviously I am not kind of checking on checking on you for those kind of things but it is really important it's just good for overall health and long, longevity I find that such a weird word longevity um anyway I think that's all um thank you for all the questions and if I have some more questions by Thursday I will do another one on Thursday if I don't uh, I won't <laughs> um but if there's any other kind of like information or anything you'd like to know about anything that I've spoke about that you think was interesting or you don't know much about at all let me know I can always put together some like infographic resources or I can do another separate little video that you can keep referring back to like a little slideshow with me in a little corner talking maybe um let me know um so yeah have a great rest of the day and the rest of the week um and if you would like to join the fuel and thrive academy head to my instagram at fit foodie feed or at fit foodie coaching underscore and drop me a message or check the links in my bio and if you're not on instagram you can head to linktree so that's l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash fit foodie feed and foodie is with an i-e if you want to find out more